I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset. Most of your clients are going to earn significant amount of income over their lifetime while they're yeah. working, right? Um, and I'm biased, but, you know, we all insure our homes and our cars and our hard assets. But our biggest and our biggest asset is our ability to earn our income. And yeah. so planning for disability insurance is probably one of the more important insurances that clients should be looking at today. Welcome to the Clear Money Mindset, providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we want to provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. In today's episode, we are diving into a topic that often gets overlooked, but it's absolutely critical in securing your financial future, disability insurance. Disability insurance may not be top of mind when you're planning your financial future, but it really should be. Life is unpredictable and at any moment we could be faced with a disability that would affect our ability to earn an income, potentially leaving you and your family in a tough financial situation. In this episode, we'll explore the importance of disability insurance, how it can safeguard your income, and why it's an essential component of a sound financial plan. Today, we are joined by Jamie Kendrick from RBC Insurance. Jamie is an expert in the world of disability insurance, and he'll be telling us what disability coverage is and why you should consider it in your financial planning. Let's get right into it. Many people when doing their financial planning tend to overlook insurances that offer a living benefit. One of the main reasons is that it's much more expensive than life insurance. So people just usually pass it by because of the cost. However, one of the reasons for the higher cost is there's a higher risk of becoming critically ill or disabled as opposed to the risk of dying early. Because the risks are greater they really should be a part of the conversation you're having when you're planning your finances. Today, we are happy to have Jamie Kendrick with us. He is from RBC Insurance, and he's a senior sales consultant on the living benefit side of the business, and he does this for Southwestern Ontario. And we're going to be walking through disability insurance and why you should consider it as a piece of your financial plan. Uh, Jamie, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be here, Ben. Thank you for having me. So for our guests, um, they don't know this, but on the disability insurance side, Jamie is uh, what you would call a bit of a legend in the business, very well known in this part of the country. But Jamie, tell us a bit about yourself, why you're passionate about living benefits and how long you've been at this. Thanks, Ben. Yes, it, it is something I'm very passionate about. Um, I started in this industry as a living benefit consultant back in uh, 1987, believe it or not, in, in London. Nice. And uh, moved down into the Windsor area in the uh, early 90s. Um, and w I work with insurance and investment advisors like yourself. Yep. And help them develop solutions for their clients around disability insurance, disability insurance, and, and living benefit planning. And it's something I've, you know, I'm 36 years, I've feel like I just started yesterday, and I think it's because it's something I'm really passionate about. Uh, the risk of disability is so great today, I, and it's only increased over time, Ben. 
And I see so many people impacted by disability. Um, and one of the things I really love about my job is that I'm able to help advisors help their clients at some of the most difficult times in their lives. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm proud to, uh, glad to be here today. And it's one of those things where uh, you, don't, you don't know how much you need it until you need it. And um, I know in my, I haven't been around 36 years, I just turned 37. But <laughs> in my short time in this business, you definitely see how meaningful it is when these plans are actually paying out for people and they come in big. Um, so for those who are new to the idea of disability, disability insurance. This may be a bit basic, but could you give us a quick overview of what disability insurance is and how it works? Sure. So, you know, di disability insurance, Ben, it's a, it's a product that is designed to protect and replace a person's income in the event they suffer an accident or a sickness and, and they yep. just can't go to work. Um, you know, some people refer to it as income replacement insurance or, or paycheck insurance, if you will. Um, and it's one of those things that's not thought about a lot. Like for most of us, uh, if we lost our ability to go to work because we got sick or because we got injured, we had an accident or an injury, you know, we, we need to have that income to pay our bills, right? To help yeah. us maintain our lifestyles, to you know, pay our mortgage and our car payments and, you know, to put food on the basic food on the table for our families. Um, you know, unfortunately, suffering a disability and not being able to work or to earn an income for most people, and part of the reason I'm doing this today, it's not front of mind for people. People often don't think about it until, until it's too late. Uh, and, and that's really the wrong time because for most of us, our income and our ability to go to work, it's, it's our most, it's our most valuable asset. Yeah. We have a, we have a thing I've talked about this on the show before we give the clients, uh, you've probably seen it, Jamie, it's called a human life yep. value calculator. Right. Sounds horrible, <laughs> right. but, but what it does is it, it tells you like, this is how much money you're going to make between now and when you retire at 65 or whenever you retire. And most people are shocked that most middle income Canadians just on their own are going to have a, a few million pass through their hands right? before they kind of hang up the skates for the last time and retire. And if you take that ability away, like that's, that's massively profound because it's not just the ability to make money. Things cost a lot more now, but um, how are you going to retire if you haven't got a source of income coming in above your your basic expenses. So people don't often think about that because, uh, I don't know, we we don't like to think of the fact that it might happen to us. Right, right. And you know what? It, and just on that note, I mean, you know, that calculator that you use to show people, it's, it's showing them, you know, that most of your clients are going to earn significant amount of income over their life time while they're yeah. working. Right. Um, and I'm biased, but you know, we all insure our homes and our cars and our hard assets, but our biggest and our biggest asset is our ability to earn our income. And yeah. so planning for disability insurance is probably one of the more important insurances that clients should be looking at today. 
Yeah, and you're you're a lot more versatile than your house or car. You can do a lot more than they can. That's right. So because most of us don't envision ever becoming sick or disabled, um, I I sometimes hesitate doing this, but stats are really healthy. I used to have uh, one of my managers when I first started, he used to cut out paper clippings from the newspaper to show people. I always thought, man, this is a horrible way of of doing business. But what he was trying to do is put in front of people reality that like this stuff actually happens. What are the stats like in Canada uh, that someone might become sick or disabled before they're they're 65 years old? Yeah, that's a real that's a real good question. And, you know, even though I'm in this business, you know, I'm maybe a little bit like you, like I kind of like to go by what I see, right? Like many of your clients probably as well. Um, But the reality is, you know, statistically, the the chances of disability are very great. For example, if you were 40 years old, a statistic today show that you have about a 45% chance, Ben, of being disabled for at least three months at some time between now and when you reach the age of 65 when you retire. So the odds of disability are, are very great. Now, there's a further stat that is published, and it shows that, you know, if you are, let's say, let's call it that one of two at that age, if you're that one of two and you're off for three months, that 90 days, okay. during your working lifetime, statistics show us that you're, you're either going to go back to work or you're going to be off work a little over three years. Really? So just imagine, you know, if you couldn't go to work, yep. you know, for the next three years, right? And what would the impact of that be to you and your family or your business, depending how you're, you're set up? And, and again, I, I'm not the biggest fan of t- statistics, but, you know, doing what I do here in Southwestern Ontario, I deal with people every week, you know, who have heart attacks, yeah. who need their knees replaced, who are dealing with cancer, who... You know, mental illness is another big issue as well. So disability happens a lot. I see a lot of people using this product, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I see the impact that it has on people. And I think I think one thing that's important for people to remember is um, the impact of draining your savings at a time like that. I've seen this on the investment end of business, and I tell this to people who... Um, maybe they lose their job and they're thinking I'm going to redeem my RSPs or I'm going to take my savings. It is so much easier to spend a hundred thousand dollars than it is to save it. So if you're midlife or if you're in, if you're in your forties or fifties and you have that three year pause and you say, well, I'll just take it from my RSPs or I'll take it from my savings. Well, most people understand your RSPs attract income taxes and it'd be nice to be able to control that and not be forced to take them out but the thing is getting that back and then what if you're only going back to work part-time what if you're what if you don't get the same job back all of those things getting that money back isn't as easy as people envision it so along with the stats is this thing that well you could spend that and it's true you could spend your own money to do it but you're going to be a long time getting that back. Yeah. And I think like savings, you know, you, you don't want to rely on your savings. You make really valid points there. I mean, 
you know, somebody being off for even like six months yeah. and not having any disability income replacement at all can severely impact somebody's savings. So yeah. savings can be a part of your strategy, but it shouldn't be all of your strategy. Yeah. Um, so a broad question, uh, who needs disability insurance? Meaning how could one look at their own financial situation and evaluate whether this is a protection they should look at getting? Yeah, so, so most people typically need disability insurance unless they're independently wealthy and, you know, have no ongoing bills and, and really their ability to go to work has no bearing on their future. Um, you know, many people have coverage through their employer and I can tell you most people that really have no idea how much coverage they have or, or what it even takes to collect it. Um, and so we, nobody reads their benefit booklet for fun at home. <laughs> unfortunately, it's not one of those things that, uh, unless you can't sleep, I guess. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah. So yeah, there, there's a real need for people to consider this insurance and, uh, and yet there's a lot of people that need this and they haven't even thought about it before. Yeah. And that's, that's part of trying to bring some awareness to this on, on the podcast like this it's it's a weird business that we're in because it's this the life insurance business is a sales driven business that's right. true but um sometimes we let that detract uh the value of whether or not that thing is needed so uh, just because a product is being sold doesn't mean it's a viable it isn't a viable product for for a family so one of the things that people need to think of i think is um if the current coverage they had at work or the coverage they don't have at all um if they did get disabled how long do they have how long before their savings run out? What what kind of things would they possibly do? And the other thing that I don't think is thought of a lot, Jamie, is uh, this is the one thing I that keeps coming to my mind is what if you're disabled in such a way that your spouse needs to stay home as well to look after you? And it's not, well, you know, my my spouse will go out if, if you're married and or if you have a partner and go and make that extra. Sometimes that's taken away as well. So all of those things, um, I think come into the, this question and you can comment on that too, on who actually needs it. Um, the question I, I think is a, maybe a better one that I, that I could have asked is who doesn't. And, uh, I think the answer is not many. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, you know, from what I see, Ben, like you, you hit the nail on the head there, like a lot of people you know, when they're, when they're down and out and they're dealing with a, a major disability, um, and a, let's say a husband and wife, they're both working. Yep. And, um, I, and I do see this a fair bit where, you know, if depending on the nature of the disability, it's not that uncommon for a spouse to have to take time off work. Yeah. So not only are you losing the income earning potential of the spouse who's disabled, but now you've got the other spouse who's got to take, you know, time off work as well, just to be there to support, to be at side. And it could be as simple as, you know, driving to appointments, you know, driving down the highway for uh, surgeries, for medical consultation and testing, um, or just, 
basic assistance at home. And so it, it, it really is greater than just oftentimes losing the income of the disabled uh, person. Cause oftentimes I see the spouses can't work as much as they did. So now it's compound. It can compound yeah. the lost, lost income. Yeah. And not to make a joke out of this, but, uh, it's, it's, well known that men can hardly handle getting a cold for crying out loud, <laughs> let alone something greater than that. So yeah. um, considering this is, is something that's important. And I think at the end of the day, if, if I could leave listeners with a question to ask themselves is really, what would that look like for me if I couldn't go in? Right. And if I couldn't, what would I do? Right. Great questions. And these are the questions I want advisors to ask their clients, right? Like, what would my world look like, you, you know, if, if I couldn't go to work? Yeah. Great, great questions. And we're living in, and this is one of the, one of the difficult things about the time we're in now is everything's more expensive. Right. And um, that's also another really great reason to make sure you you look at this. So let's, let's paint a picture for, for people. If, if somebody wants to get, disability insurance. Um, one, uh, one thing that I hear often when it comes to just the insurance world in general is, well, I don't want to have to give blood or pee in a cup or something like that. It's right. like, well, <laughs> what, one of the cool things that's happened in the last few years is a lot of underwriting has been automated. Right. A lot of these qualifications for like regular amounts have been taken away. Not all the way that you still might run into that, but let's, let's give people an idea if, if they want to purchase disability insurance, if they want that coverage as a part of their financial plan, what is that process going to look like for them? Okay. So that, that's a great question and great comments as well. Um, I mean, I, I think the very first thing, and you kind of, I think it's part of what you do here, but is just going through the analysis part. Like, yep. I think the very first thing is gathering a lot of information, finding out, and, and you probably have a lot of this, but like finding out what's important to your client, right? Your clients, what, what do their worlds look like? What, is their, what are their budgets like? Um, and then what kind of coverage do they actually have at work, right? Or have privately already? Um, and so gathering, so the very first step in my mind is just, you know, getting all doing good fact gathering, getting all that information, um, so that, you know, that we can do our analysis and help them better understand what they have. And if they have gaps in their coverage, you know, then we can, uh, you know, work through that process and develop some solutions for them. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, once a client, so once, once you've gone through that process and you've figured out, okay, my client has this gap in their coverage and you, you, we would then help you, you know, provide a quotation for your client to show them what would it cost to fix this problem. Right. Okay. Um, and there's all, there's all kinds of different options out in the marketplace around that. And then once your client decided that they wanted to move forward, then there is that application process that yeah. you were kind of just talking about there. So Typically, there's medical questions that have to be asked. Um, the industry, and we've done this at RBC, we've, our limits are fairly high today. Like, so if, you, you can, if you're 50 and under, you can qualify for up to about 8,000 a month before you have to do any blood or urine testing. So our, the limits have gone up significantly. You, you yeah. mentioned that. And then, um, 
So you submit an application. Now, if you do require blood and urine, I mean, someone would typically come to your house. Again, you have to answer those medical questions. The insurance companies will, uh, from time to time, write for your medical records because yep. often they oftentimes they only have one chance to determine whether you're insurable or not. Um, uh, and then once you're, you know, once the odd time the insurance company will do a phone interview with your client as well. They just do a check on some of the information that they've answered on the application to, to validate it as well. Uh, but then once approved, a policy is issued and, and then provided to you as an advisor for, for delivery. So yeah. that's kind of the process. And one of the, I think one of the things we always encourage people is the, that underwriting process is actually good for you and the company. It is. Because there's, there's been times in my, in my, uh, uh, 18-ish years in this business where medical problems were found in underwriting that wouldn't have been yes. otherwise. Yeah. And so, yeah, you come back to the client and say, we can't get insurance, but now they, I know one in particular that comes to mind that they were able to prevent something quite serious because they came and did blood and that kind of thing. Now, even though that's not done as much, one of the other really great things the industry's done, I think, especially since COVID is a lot of companies have really upped their investment in online applications to really make it easy for the advisor and client because life is a lot busier. You know, it's, I remember when I started, I was going to people's houses with these long paper applications and HIV swab, which was really weird and right. awkward to have to do. Right. And, and then you're shipping paper back and forth and it's never been easier now to get any kind of coverage, uh, not easier in the sense that the medical requirements have changed or they're ensuring people they wouldn't have before. I mean, that, that ebbs and flows, but what I'm saying is your ability to sit down and get an app done, even with your advisor over Zoom um, or in the office, right? Um, it's a lot, there's a lot less barriers now to get it. There is, there is. Now, I mean, I, I just want to answer two other things that sure. came to mind as we're sitting here. And so one of the things with disability insurance is the insurance companies, they look very close at what you do for disability insurance, because it's what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's physical or office or professional or, you know, that has a bearing on the cost. So they, the insurance companies look closely at what your occupation is. Yep. And then the other big thing that that is required, Ben, is um, with, with a lot of plans, the insurance companies also ask you up front, and this is of benefit to the client, to provide proof of your income up front, yep. okay? It does two things. It one, um, it validates the amount of coverage that you you're setting up in your policy. So if you have the right policy um, and the financial underwriting is done, you've proved to the insurance company that your income justifies that coverage level, then your coverage is set. You don't have to worry about that at claim time. That's really important. Okay. Then the other thing is some some insurance providers. If you've earned at a very good level and you've been in your job for several years as well, they'll give you a break on the pricing as well. Okay, so that's another part of the underwriting process that's very important for clients. So, so if you're a skydiving instructor, you're going to have a much different conversation than if you're a, a, a computer programmer sitting out in office. Uh, Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal, financial, or professional advice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Mutual funds and ETFs provided through Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the fun facts before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.